In the weeks between these podcast recordings, we just don't talk, so. Yeah. Conversation is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Very hard. Very. So, we have... Hello and welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series chapter by chapter. And today we are beginning book two. This book is titled The Sea of Monsters. And we will be discussing chapter one, My Best Friend Shops for a Wedding Dress. I am the mysterious shadow lurking outside your window, also known as Kristen. And this is my co-host. I'm the Sea of Monsters. <laughs> I'm the Lightning Sea. Um, also known as Chris. Hi, Chris. <laughs> Welcome to book two. Wow, we made it. We made it. How are you? How do you feel about book two and getting into it? I don't know. I'm, I forget how to have a conversation with you. You know, in the weeks between these podcast recordings, we just don't talk. So Yeah. Conversation is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Very hard. Very. So, we have book two. Uh, this one is, uh, let's go ahead and just talk about our impressions of book two just based on the book itself. You want to talk about the cover? Let's talk about the cover. Let's talk about uh, how tiny this book is yeah. compared to the last one. Uh, it is like 80 pages shorter, I think. So it is. It is significantly shorter. I think the first book was like three hundred and sixty pages. This one is. Uh, I don't know. You have the book in front of you. This one is two hundred and seventy nine. Yeah. So it's uh, it's almost a hundred pages shorter. Yeah. So, uh, assuming a lot less goes on here, we have less plot, which is interesting because from what I've been told, this is uh, very much an island hopping adventure. Yeah, which means mm. that like all of your filler stuff is all just a single chapter of what happened. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know. Yeah, from from what we've been told about this book, it's an island hopping book. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Uh, it does have 20 chapters as opposed to 22 in the first book. So, I'm assuming all the chapters are much shorter in this one. Well, yes. And that's something that we are going to have to talk about in formatting. Mm-hmm. Because even today, we're discussing chapter one. It's only six pages long. Yeah, it's super tiny. Yeah, it's slightly over six pages long. Yeah. And so... Both of us, our, our instinct was to go ahead and do chapter one and chapter two as a single episode. Mm-hmm. So both of us have read chapter one and chapter two, but we've decided since this is the intro, we can kind of talk about the book and our uh, baseless speculation for what this book is going to be out based on the cover and all of those type of things like we normally do. This might be a slightly shorter episode because the chapter is only six pages. Yeah. Um, but going forward, there might be a few episodes in this book that get two chapters combined together due to just how short they are. Well, that's the furthest we've ever gone off format in this podcast. Either that or we'll just make a lot of 20-minute episodes <laughs> this season. So we'll see. We might go back to weekly. We might be able to go back to weekly with how short <laughs> these chapters are. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So we only have one copy of this book, so we don't have multiple cover arts um, on yeah. hand. But I'm going to have, Chris, you can go ahead and describe the cover of that. And then I'm going to have a couple of other cover arts that I'll describe as well from the internet. Yeah. 
This is why people listen to podcasts, is to hear the hosts describe uh, visual things. Yes. As a rule. Well, so. this is, this <laughs> leans heavily into our impressions of the book. Was like, we're starting with the cover, we have the title, and we have some imagery on it. Uh, so in this one, uh, we have an enormous uh, cyclops who is coming up between maybe a couple sea mounts or is in like a canyon of some type and is uh, bearing down on a very, um, what I would describe as a steampunk submarine. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. It is. Well, to me, I would describe it as uh, steam powered old Ironsides. Yeah, like more of an iron, like an old Ironsides type thing. Um, big smokestack. There's some cannons sticking out of it. Uh, so very old timey boat. Um, we see very tiny uh, Percy on the top of that holding his sword. Um, wearing his signature orange shirt from the first cover. Yes. Uh, he's looking down at this cyclops. There's also other monsters in frame. There's uh, what looks to be some kind of sea serpent or maybe like a hydra type thing. Um, yeah, coming up at the at the ship there. Uh, there is possibly, uh, I'm going to say that's like a, uh, a whirlpool or like a little... That's like it, a little whirlpool at the bottom in the bottom corner. I think that's just a wave. Okay. Oh, oh no, you're right. That looks like a whirlpool with teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I saw that teeth really in there. It does look like teeth in a whirlpool. Yeah. That's unsettling. Uh-huh. So several different things, and I'm not sure if this is like part of the general book design, but there's also like a quarter of like a giant wing. Oh, no, that's um this particular printing, when you lay out all of the books flat with the yeah. covers up, yeah. they're, they're one continuous image. Oh, that's So fine. that's the edge of the wing of the cover of the next book. Okay. Um, they also have a continuous image on the spines. That's really But these, this specific printing, um, if you lay them all out side by side, yeah. it's, it's one big picture. Cool. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the cover. The, I mean, the, the most interesting thing I thought about uh, the cover was the, the steampunk ship. Um, yeah, because that's that's very much not like a Greek style trireme or like a sailing ship or something. That's a, uh, you know, yeah. Where does where does this boat come from? So we do have three people on the boat. Yeah, you mentioned Percy with his sword, and we assume yeah. that that's Percy because it's the same design as the last one. Yeah, you have one person here leaning on the s- smokestack, and then you have a person over here with a bow pointed at the Cyclops or at the Hydra heads. Yeah, and there's just not enough detail to tell who those other two people are. But this one definitely, to me, looks like a satyr. It looks like he has horns. You think? Yeah. They look like they have horns. Cool. To me, at least. Think Grover come back, comes back and gets a bow in this one? Maybe. <clears throat> um, so, that said, uh, the other main cover for this book mm-hmm. is a gigantic valley. You've got rocks on one side, rocks on the other. With a bridge that looks like a rickety wooden bridge silhouetted. Okay. And three people running across the bridge. Okay. With all silhouetted against one gigantic eye. Okay. With a standard, like, what you would think of as a tall ship. Yeah. Uh, silhouette in the background as well, in the valley that the bridge is going over the top of. Uh-huh. Um, so this is the other main cover that I have found. Yeah. And this is the cover that matches the printing that you had for the first book. Yeah. So apparently there's going to be some kind of boat. And, and a ravine. Uh, and, a, and a ravine or canyon of some kind of importance. Big deal. And a cyclops. Yeah. And definitely a cyclops. For sure. <clears throat> uh, 
so my knowledge of uh, Greek classics is very limited, as we've uh, established in the first book. Mm-hmm. However, if we are drawing kind of a one-one comparison with the first book to the Odyssey, which it kind of is, um, this one I'm thinking might do the same thing, and this might be uh, you know Jason the Argonauts or like Golden Fleece, like one of these other. Uh, Greek epics and kind of follow along that story. Yeah, well, I mean, when you talk about Greek mythology, the Cyclops is most commonly associated, in my mind, uh-huh. with Odysseus trying to get home from his journey. Yeah. And so, encountering the Cyclops there. Yeah. Um, so are you thinking we're continuing the Odyssey here? Yeah, I, okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. Cool. Um... Yeah, so those are first impressions. Uh, also, just in case anyone is wondering, uh, Polyphemus, Polyphemus is considered by, you know, Britannica to be the most famous Cyclops in Greek mythology, is also a son of Poseidon! Cool. Just, just in case anyone's wondering, we're just going to keep getting sons of Poseidon. Fascinating. Yeah. All right. Percy's going to meet his long-lost giant brother. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, So, first impressions aside, should we jump into our summaries of, uh, our bullet point summaries of this chapter? Sure thing. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Would you like to do your summary first? Uh, Sure. I'll go ahead and do that. Um, Also, before we get into that, we're not reading the back of the book going in? Okay. I mean, we've we've learned our lesson with many other books that the back of the book has many spoilers that we shouldn't get into. Yes, so Um, we're not reading the back of the book. Yeah, I feel like Kristen just just read like half of that right now. No. (laughs) I read the words in italics, which are the lightning thief. That's that's all I read. I see. Uh, So like we said, very short chapter, so my bullet point summary is kind of whatever. Um, But here we are. We open with a dream. Really capturing the essence of Florida. Are we back to stealing artifacts already? New friend alert! Because Camp Half-Blood was so safe before. (laughs) Why doesn't Tyson like being underground? And literal foreshadowing. Yeah. (laughs) Here's here's my summary. Uh Uh-huh. Percy has a dream. Yep. Grover's in danger in Florida with a monster. Surprise. Percy's last day of school. Surprise. Something is wrong at camp, and Sally doesn't tell Percy. Ominous foreshadowing. Shadowing. Get it? (laughs) Percy has a new friend named Tyson. Yeah. Cool. Um, So... We open up with a dream uh, about Grover being in Florida, or theoretically we assume it's Florida. We don't actually like... Percy gets the impression it's Florida, and then when he runs into the bridal shop, it's called St. Augustine. Yes. Bridal or something like that. Yes, we do confirm that. Um, As as somebody who grew up and spent 23 years in Florida, uh, already phenomenal job of capturing the essence of, like, most small Florida communities of, like... 100%. It's like like Hollywood does a lot of the thing of, like, the white sand beaches and, like, the palm trees and maybe an alligator or a flamingo or something like that. No, it's hibiscus bushes and, like, gross-colored stucco houses. That is That is Florida captured uh, perfectly. Yes. So, Reardon has definitely done his research and probably been there. (laughs) Um, 
and spent some time down in Florida. Uh, so Grover's running from something. Yes. Uh, something that is calling after him, shouting to him to give it back, I think is the uh, no. exact phrasing. or like No. No. But the, the thing chasing Grover says something that Percy hears. Uh, Grover says, have to get away, have to warn them. And when he runs into the St. Augustine Bridal Boutique, the word we get is an explosive bellow of mine. Mine. Okay. With five eyes. Mm-hmm. Mine! Yeah. Uh, that's it. Okay. Uh, so I read that with the impression of Grover has taken something from someone. See, um, and I read that with the impression of I'm gonna eat you. Yeah. That's also possible. Um... Or maybe it's just like the 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 cutoff sentence of of some creature being like, and they called this a mine. Um, a mine. <laughs> uh, man, we're five minutes into book two, and we're already doing Lord of the Rings reference. Yep. Um, anyway, I think that it's also. Uh, I don't know how much of it is important to like plot or anything so much as it is um recap or reminder for people but percy is specifically describing his dream and says that he can smell the sour smell of the monster yeah and we established in the first book that that's a thing and i know like this has some amount of recap oh yes grover is a satyr and yes like monsters smell and a part of me thinks that it's just a reminder to be like oh yeah by the way monsters smell don't forget that from the first book yeah since you've obviously read so many books in between these two as a normal reader might (laughs) um but then when we do go into chapter two we have the smell that should be fresh in percy's memory because of this dream from the same morning Mm -hmm. that he ignores yeah until Tyson points it out later. Um, so that that was frustrating. And I'll come into that in chapter two a lot more. But I just yeah. feel like that was like a weird thing. Because I don't ever think of dreams as having a smell. Uh, like I don't ever think of yeah. olfactory memory associated with dreams. Yeah, smell, taste, not not terribly common. Yeah. I get it. So anyway. <clears throat> anyway, that's why I brought that up. Uh. Yeah, and then, so, got this scary dream about Grover. He's in Florida. Cool. Percy thinks he's in trouble. Yeah, seems that way. Uh, we wake up. I mean, I think already we're uh, kind of stretching the accuracy of our chapter titles, because, like, the title of this one is My Best Friend Shops for a Wedding Dress. Yes, like, and we also had a, a chapter boutique. in the last book that said uh, Annabeth does obedience school. Yeah, so... Like... Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, really reaching to get these catchy titles yeah. uh, for the chapter. But and, they're effective at remembering things. Like, yeah. they're very effective at, at bringing stuff to your memory. Yeah. Um, cool, and then we wake up. And... This is also an interesting one, because normally his chapter titles make sense at the end of the chapter, and this one makes sense in the first page of the chapter. Yeah. Or three pages, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Percy's living with his mom. Uh, she's making breakfast, special breakfast of blue waffles, which just sounds terrible. They're celebrating, though, because he made it <laughs> yeah. to the last day of school without day. getting expelled. First time. First time. Um. He might even get invited to go back. Hooray. Sorry, I keep wanting to say thing. I, I keep wanting to talk about this school, but it's all in the second chapter, so yeah. I can't. 
Uh, he might get to go back. We're finishing the last day. Obviously, that's not going to happen. We know that at the end of this chapter. Yeah, it's just <laughs> in the, at the end of this chapter, we definitely mention that. So, um, but yeah, go ahead. Blue waffles for breakfast. Uh, before that, though, we do. Percy wakes up from his dream and reaches under his pillow. Yeah. For his sword. Yeah. Um. Which his mom had to make him promise not to practice with in the house. Oh yeah. Well, there's a javelin accident. Practicing with a sword and practicing with a javelin are very different things, um, first of all. But second of all, where did Percy just come up with a javelin? Oh, souvenir from, from camp, I don't know. Maybe there's like a little corner bodega that sells stuff to Half-Bloods and the, you know your little corner weapon shop that you can only see if you're a uh, demigod. Yeah. Who knows? Um, I mean, also there's like... If you're living in a tiny New York apartment, like there's not a lot of room to practice, yeah, no, no, no. like outside. You but can't like, just go why? Why around. isn't? Why wasn't it a sword accident that broke the china? Why was it a javelin? Why was it a javelin? I just, I just want to know why Percy had a javelin. He's trying to be well rounded. He's like, you I'm know, glad. Learn. I'm proud of that. Um, also, it's just a really funny little line that made me made me laugh pretty hard. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Ever since the javelin <laughs> incident, you know. So Sally is uh, still working at a crappy job, um, putting herself through school. Seems like uh, the same job, even. Yeah. Which means that she got it back after she disappeared for three weeks or whatever. Yeah. They must be really desperate at the uh, at Sweet on America. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> doing night classes, like, they're poor. They don't have a lot of money because, you know, we're funding Percy's education. As useful as that's going to be. Yep. <laughs> and Percy's mom is just like, yeah, don't screw it up. Like... Just make it through one day. We're going to graduate. Afterwards, I'll pick Not you in your... Not graduate. Well, finish. next grade. This is seventh grade or eighth grade? I think seventh. I think sixth is the first yeah, one. Yeah, seventh this grade. Is seventh. This is the last day of seventh grade. We're going to we're gonna go on to eighth. Like, I'll pick you and your friend up after school. We'll go to that skateboard shop, which is a thing we never get to do because we're poor. Um, you guys can pick something up. We have uh, the introduction of... Tyson. Tyson, new friend, who we don't learn anything about in this chapter. Yeah. But... Uh, He's a very interesting character that we'll get to uh, know a lot chapter. better in the next chapter. Um, and, and Percy, yeah, Percy's surprised. Like, wait, I thought we were packing for camp. Yeah. After after school today. Yeah. And surprise, it's not safe to go back to camp. Yeah. Because of all of the things that have been happening that Sally knows about. And Percy's just like, what do you mean all the things? Yeah. Uh, apparently, Sally's gotten communications that Percy hasn't gotten. Yeah. Uh, we don't know. Some, something is going wrong in Camp Half-Blood. Something's going wrong, yeah. And apparently, it's too dangerous for Percy to come back, and he said reconsider, and that's why I put that line down of, like, because Camp Half-Blood was so safe before. Yeah, the first year that he was there, somebody summoned a hellhound. Like, he almost died. You know, he got lured out into the woods by Luke and almost and got stung by a deadly scorpion. Yeah. Like, because, you know, super safe place. It was super safe before. My question on that specific topic is, what would have happened if Percy had stayed for the school year? Like, was, was it actually, like, life-saving that he didn't stay? Maybe. I, I really want to find out what's going on there. I want to know what's happening at camp. Karen, uh, dang it. Uh, and for me, this did draw parallels with, like, the uh, 
like the Harry Potter thing, because over the course of the Harry Potter series, like Hogwarts almost gets shut down like five separate times. Yeah. Like, oh no, there's some new danger. We got to shut down the school. Yeah. Even though like routinely students just die and we like, we hold blood sport tournaments and like, you know, it, it's not a remotely safe place to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> True. Fair. <laughs> Troll gets into the dungeon. Like, freaking. Troll! That's just a weekly occur- occasion. Occurrence. Yeah. Weekly occurrence. That's the word I was trying to say. And Percy's obviously really upset, wants to know what's going on. Sally's just like, nope, go to school, finish the last day. We're going to talk about it afterwards. I'm not going to give you information. Yeah. Cool. Bye. Because Thanks. communication of information about somebody's safety is never an important thing to, you know, make you three minutes late to school for. Yeah. Though he does have to catch a train. So. Yeah. Might be more, might be like half an hour late. Anyway. And, and go pick up Tyson because his friend Tyson really doesn't like being underground by himself. Doesn't like being underground by himself. Um, That is quite, I. it's one of those things where it's like we have ominous foreshadowing because we have this shadow outside of his window. And then when he does actually go outside and head to school, we see some kind of shadow that disappears. Yeah. We also have this foreshadowing about Tyson, like. Yeah. I we have to get Tyson. We're gonna go to the escape thing. We're gonna you know not yeah. let him travel underground alone. Yeah, uh, and we've read chapter two already, so we know what the shadow is. Yeah, but yeah, there's uh, literally a shadow stalking him. Yes, what what or who could it be? Uh, and he sees that before heading off to school. And does anything else happen in this chapter that's worth talking about? Because it just it's. It is one scene. It's a dream, and then it's one scene of Percy having breakfast and being told he can't go back to camp. Basically, that's it. Yeah. Um, on, on my notes about the chapter, I have dreams. I have blue mm-hmm. waffles. Mm-hmm. I have mom's insight. She always knows when something's wrong. Yeah. Um, and Percy's just like, the breakfast was delicious, but I guess I wasn't eating it like I normally would because mom asked me what was wrong. Yeah. It's like... It's really, it's really funny when you think about like inside someone's head when they're thirteen years old, twelve yeah. years old, being like, "How did you know that I was upset?" Because like, it's written on your face, child. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we uh, we don't go hugely into what Grover's quest is, but like Percy has plenty of good reasons to be afraid for Grover. Yeah. Because no one's ever come yeah. back from the quest that he's on, which yeah. is to it's find a, Pan. It's a it's a death sentence. I mean, it, <sighs> no one's ever come back from it. So yeah, basically, it is it is a farewell. Especially not Uncle Ferdinand. Yeah, <laughs> stumbled into Medusa on accident. Um, we have the shadow. We have the sword. We mentioned the sword. He sleeps with it under his pillow. We also reading the chapter. It specifically says that he sets it down on the nightstand and then he sees the shadow. Yeah. And I thought for sure that, like, he's distracted. He's going to end up at school without Riptide and then there's going to be monsters. Yeah. Because we have heavily and the end of this chapter, like, we're going to have this conversation after school. Yeah. Needless to say, we didn't have this conversation after school. Like, so we know at the end of this chapter for sure something happens because... He's not going to get invited back, and something happens. They're not going to be able to have a conversation with him and his mom. Yeah, and I think the line specifically, uh, there's a line saying, uh, little did I know I wouldn't be seeing home for a very long time or something like that. Yeah, so basically this is the last time he's seen home and his mom before 
like, and something happened. Yeah. So I expected, like, here, this to be a moment where he left the sword at home. Mm-hmm. And that, like, whatever happens was going to stop him from being able to go home. And Annabeth was going to have to, like, invisible and sneak into the house and get the sword for him. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, no. In the last chapter, we talked about how this sword has some kind of magic where it will always return to his pocket. Yeah. Or it will always return to him in some way. Uh-huh. And we didn't really do anything with that in the first book. Like, we just mentioned it. Chiron mentioned it when he gave him the sword. And then nothing ever happened with it. He, the sword even went out the window of the arch. Yeah. And he had to, like, get jump into the river, and it was sitting there in the river. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't come back to him. Like, he had to go to it. And then it's never touched again in that, in that book, where there's some kind of thing where he's lost the sword and has to get it back. But here, I was like, oh, no, no, if he leaves it on the nightstand, it'll be fine. It'll be in his pocket again when he, when he you know, gets to school. Yeah. And so it never mentions that he picks it back up again. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really want to keep an eye out for this, whether or not there actually is any magic about returning the, the sword. Yeah. <laughs> because Chiron specifically says this in the last book. <clears throat> and I, now I'm very lost about it. And yeah. then when we do get into chapter two... It's going to confront this issue again. Yeah. So question for you. Do you feel like this particular plot device uh, would not work if the main character of these books was female? Because like... Because she would your... have a bow instead of a sword? No, because none of your clothing has pockets. Oh. <laughs> well, it, like, doesn't, it doesn't seem to work for Percy either. Like Sword can't come back. He got no pockets. I'm sorry. I, I don't just... know if it specifically said to your pocket, but it, he did say it'll come back to you. Yeah. Um, that you can't lose it. Yeah. Cool. Comes back to your purse, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Always carry a bag. Uh, cool. Yeah, that's it. I mean, there's nothing else to talk, talk about, really, in this chapter, I don't think. Hey, we've successfully recorded for 30 minutes, though. Wow. All right. Um, <laughs> yes. Should we move on? Because you, you have done a rewrite. I I did not find anything in this chapter that I felt like I could do a rewrite with. Because, like, we well, have a very straightforward scene. Yeah, we have a very straightforward st- scene. I did want to um, read a little passage. I, I know that we weren't doing a favorite sentence, because or you didn't do a favorite sentence, right? Okay. Um, because we were combined. We were... Th- discussing combining the chapters and then also it's such a short chapter yeah so instead i'd like to read a little paragraph it's like four sentences okay that just i like the tone of it and it really sets the tone for somebody who might have forgotten the tone of percy as a character and the books in general yeah my mom made blue waffles and blue eggs for breakfast she's funny that way celebrating special occasions with blued food I think it's her way of saying anything is possible. Percy can pass seventh grade. Waffles can be blue. Little miracles like that. Yeah. That was cute. And I really like Sally as a character. I really love, like, her defiance and things like that, where the blue was very much a symbol of her defiance to Gabe in the first book. Uh Uh-huh. And that she's continued to use that as, like, a defiance of the impossible. Yeah. In this. It's really cool. And I love Sally's character uh, in that moment. Um, but I also just really liked Percy can pass seventh grade. Waffles can be blue. Like, little miracles like that. Like, 
<laughs> those those three little sentences in a row were my uh, were my favorite from the chapter. Anything can happen. Anything. <clears throat> little miracles like that. So yeah. All right. All right. So I'll go ahead and do my rewrite, and then we'll do your baseless speculation. Sure. Sounds good. All right. My rewrite is quite short. Okay. As is the chapter. Yep. So I told you that my rewrite was like two sentences long. That, yeah. That is accurate. Uh-huh. Goodness. Being a bottle of blue food coloring sure is taxing work in this house. Today really is a celebration, I guess. It's a, it's a great two-sentence story. Yep, there you go. <laughs> uh, it's cool. Should I go into my baseless speculation for this Absolutely. book? Absolutely. Let's right. talk about the book. What uh, do you think? So this isn't going to be like a feature of every chapter from here on out. I just kind of want to talk about what we think is going to happen in the book. And you can join in because you also haven't read this one and you don't know what's going to happen either. Yeah. And I mean, it's the beginning of a book. All we have is the cover. Yeah. Uh, the first two chapters, realistically, but like. And the small spoilers we've gotten from Steve along the way. Based exclusively <laughs> off the fact that Steve has told us it's an island hopping adventure and that we have this cover and we've read the first two chapters. Yeah. Tell us what you think about this book. Uh, I've heard this is a lot of people's least, least favorite. favorite book in the series. Yeah. Um,. And I know island hopping tales are pretty controversial, regardless of, uh, I don't know. They, they, they tend to be divisive. Um, it's like a lot of people's least favorite book in the Narnia series is, uh, Boy, Dawn, the Dawn Treader. The Dawn Treader, because it's an island hopper. Uh, I have a special place in my heart for island hopping stories, and I tend to enjoy them, so I think I like this book better than I feel uh, like I need to people. go re-listen to Dawn Treader, because I feel like you just had constant hate for the island hopper in that entire book. Like, I, you were I just like, nope, to. I hate island hoppers, and here you are being like, <laughs> I have a special place in my heart for island hoppers. I don't know. I, Listeners I, from the lore, can you please <laughs> tell us, is Chris being inconsistent here? <laughs> Anyway, I wanted to like that one. I want to like this book going into it. Um, I'm going to talk a lot, in, because we already have read the second chapter, I'm going to talk a lot about the tone of this book and how, like, it seems more chaotic. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it seems like a lot more, I don't know, Riordan was, like, really trying to... Uh, well, he was trying to introduce us to a world yeah. before. This one, yeah, very like, chaotic yeah. energy, yeah. Uh, especially just even based off of this cover. When yeah. you started describing this cover, you're like, there's a hydra and there might be like a, some kind of cyclone with teeth. And also there's a giant valley and a boat and a cyclops. And I'm like, yeah, that is a very chaotic cover. Like, Yeah. And I feel like I have this suspicion that if this book isn't as good, it's going to be it's going to be because there's just way too much that he's going to try to pack in here, and nothing is going to be fully fleshed out or realized the way it could be. Like instead of being like, all right, we have three plot points that we're really going to dive into, it's going to be like ten plot points, and we're just going to be like bam, 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 and try to get through a lot of stuff very fast. Um, so obviously, don't know if that's the case, but I feel like if if there are negative things about that book, this book, that's the way it's going to go. Um. I'm excited to go to Florida. Um, I speculated uh, privately with Kristen. We, we don't. I promise we don't talk about these books outside of the podcast. <laughs> uh, sometimes we do private speculation. I'm sorry. Um, 
but I speculated that the Sea of Monsters is actually going to be the Gulf of Mexico. Um, yeah. <laughs> totally makes sense. Though there are no rock formations or valleys or any mountains of any kind in the Gulf, so maybe not. Uh, if we're going to say something like this is a big deal. Uh, man, I think uh, Percy's made another friend. Tyson is absolutely some kind of, uh, not necessarily a demigod, but he's some kind of mythical critter. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, and <sighs> just based off of chapter one, not so much, but chapter two, yeah. 100%. Yeah. He can smell the monsters. Yeah. He he has some really, in like, cool moments. Yeah. But, yeah, like... Yeah, we don't know what Tyson is yet. That's not in chapter two, but... But we something. also have this direct parallel with chapter one, or chapter one, with book one. Yes. Uh, when we get into chapter two of Grover and Tyson. Yeah. And I want to talk more about that when we discuss chapter two for real. Yeah. But Percy just seems to attract a best friend who is somehow kind of, like, mythical. Yeah. And, you know, unpopular and... Yeah. Drags him down the social ladder with him. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Not that Percy's particularly high on the social ladder himself, yeah. at least in the first book. Yeah. We haven't had a chance to see what it was like this book, besides he has a friend that is bullied. Yeah. Therefore, he gets bullied. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious as to what the impetus of the plot of this book is going to be. Um, is it going to be just, we're going to go rescue Grover? Is there something else that's going to come up? Like, yeah, my there... speculation right off uh-huh. it was... End of book one, Grover leaves on a quest. Beginning of book two, we have a dream about Grover in danger. This book's still going to be about rescuing Grover. Yeah. Like, 100%. That's my speculation on this book going into it. Now that I've read chapter two, I have some other little things that I'll sprinkle in there. Because some more stuff to do with Tyson. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like, it's just... That's my... That's my... That was my assumption picking up the book was that we were going to go rescue Grover. Yeah. Uh, have you done any research? Is Tyson reminiscent of any uh, names from Greek mythology that we should be aware of? Uh, not on the name Tyson. Uh-huh. On a few other names that were mentioned Yeah. in... Chapter 2. In Chapter 2. Yeah, Joe Bob for sure. <sighs> yes. Absolutely that one. Yes, but Joe Bob the Cannibal. <laughs> Classic character. You know, reminds me of Joe the Cannibal. Um, yeah, obviously. From that video game that I was playing. Obviously, I think uh, we're going to fight a lot of monsters. That's kind of a given. Yeah. Uh, we're going to see Percy involved in a lot more combat. Because um, he wasn't really in the first book very much. Except for that one fight with Ares. Yeah, he had his fight with Ares. He had his face off with the Chimera and yeah. basically just got thrown out a window. Yeah. Um, he had a face off with Medusa. Yeah. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> um. And the Furies. Like, he, he had a few face-offs, but no real, like, direct combat bat until... And then, even then, like, he had his little battle of wits yeah. with uh, Procrustus. Yeah. Um, we might go back to camp at some point. Might, uh... Yeah, we'll see. We might, I hope we might so. We to save the camp. I did... Now, in prepping for the book, I did do a read-through of um, all of the chapter titles. Yes. <clears throat> which... Their chapter titles in this series, so they really don't give anything away. <clears throat> There's some uh, really fun ones, though, that I'm really looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Tell us what you're looking forward to. Uh, so there's one called uh, Demon Pigeons Attack. <laughs> okay. So that's that's pretty great. Are those the Furies coming back? Who knows? I doubt um, it. There's one called We Hitch a Ride with Dead Confederates, which might uh, kind of explain the boat. 
yeah. on the cover. Uh, Civil War era ship. Um, we meet the Sheep of Doom. <laughs> uh, and the one right after that is Nobody Gets the Fleece, where I was just like, okay, this is like a Golden Fleece uh, I gotcha. Cake. That was, I was wondering why you brought up the Fleece at all, because I didn't read through the chapter titles. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, well, the, the Fleece actually shows up in two chapter titles, so I'm assuming oh. this is a, a big plot point. Yeah. And then uh, the last one of note is The Party Ponies Invade. Okay. So, I'm uh, I'm real curious about what some of these are about. I really do like the way that he names his chapters. <laughs> yeah. Like, for sure. I really do enjoy that. Yeah. It's very fun. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, those are just my thoughts on what might happen in this book. We'll cross those bridges. We'll get there. Yep. Anything else you want to say about chapter one? No. All right. Well, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but... Uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about in the next one. So next one's going to be a standard length, if not longer than usual, because there's just, it's a very dense chapter and there's uh, a yeah. lot to get into. So until then, go ahead and take us out, Kristen. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed a chapter one of the Sea of Monsters. And join us next time as we discuss, I played, er, as we discuss chapter two, I play dodgeball with cannibals. Well. Until then, you can interact with us on social media at Chronically Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Chronically Pod on Twitter. And you can email us your fan art of Blue Waffles at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon where you get nothing in return. Uh, just, you know, the joy of knowing that you supported us. Uh, at Patreon.com slash chronically podcast. And until next time, always have a way to celebrate. And uh, just don't go to Florida. Yeah. It just, it's not, it's never worth it. 100%. <laughs> Though I did find you in Florida. Oh. It was worth it. Yeah. Glad you came. Bye. Bye. I am a mysterious shadow lacking. Lo- I am. I am the Mr. I'm the Sea of Monsters. <laughs> I'm the Lightning Thief. <laughs> Until then, you can interact with us at so on. Yeet out to the bat. Now, in prepping, in prepping, in prepping for the book, I did do a read through of. If you want to take us out. Until then, always have a way to celebrate. Okay, oh, hang on, we're we're doing this in very much the wrong order. You haven't plugged any of our socials or anything. You said until next time. Until next time is the sign-off lead-in. No. Troll gets into the dungeon, like, friggin... Troll in the dungeon! That's just a weekly occur- occasion. Occurrence. Yeah. Weekly occurrence. That's the word I was trying to say. Getting back into the swing of recording. 
or maybe it's just like the 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 cutoff sentence of, of some creature being like, and they called this a mine. Um, <laughs> a mine. <laughs> Man, we're five minutes into book two, and we're already doing Lord of the Rings reference. Yep. After this plane. Oh, go ahead. Don't mind if I do.